Would you join with me in the prayer for illumination? Almighty Father, send down upon your church the riches of your spirit and kindle in the hearts of us who hear your word, your countless gifts of grace, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, good morning, Chapelwood. I'm Pastor Thea, and I am really excited to be here with you today. Um, let's be really honest, I don't know most of you. I don't know my way around the building, and I surely don't know all the ways that Chapelwood does things. If I'm being really honest, that makes me really nervous. But I do know the gospel truth, that the love of God always prevails. It overcomes and intercedes and makes a way when there seems like there could not be. And so this gospel truth is what leading me today and what I'm excited to see will lead us to together. Before we read scripture, before we discuss and discern, before we possibly find more questions than we came here with, I would like to stop and pray. Will you pray with me? Gracious, generous, loving, and mighty God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this day, for this place and this space. And, oh God, thank you for your presence amongst us, your Holy Spirit that is in this room, your very breath that gives us life. God, we, your children, are humbled by your grace that you would not only willingly love us so much, knowing all that we are, but God, that you would also be willing to be known by us. And so, oh God, with this truth, we are confident that when we seek you, we find you. When we listen for you, Lord, we hear you. And God, when we somehow, some way, Find the courage to take the next step to follow you. You always lead the way. And so God, no matter where we are, no matter where we've been and what all might lie ahead, we rest in this truth. that You are a God of love, a God willing to be known, and a God who reveals yourself to us over and over again. It is in your great and your holy and your wonderful name that we pray. Amen. This morning, my first morning with you at Chapelwood, I'd like to read from the book of John. We're going to be in chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. And you're welcome to find that in your own Bible or even your Bible app. The words are also going to be on the screen. But before we read, I kind of want to set up the scene this begins Jesus' long goodbye as he spends his final hours with his disciples, his followers, those he's been spending and doing ministry with for several years. Because you see, the night that these words are spoken by Jesus is the same night that he will be arrested. And following that, he will be given a mock trial and eventually be tortured and crucified. And so Jesus has 
some words he wants to be sure to say to these followers and friends. John 15, starting in verse 1, Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of God. For the people of God, thanks be to God. No matter how many times I read this scripture, no matter how much I know the historical context and that when Jesus talks about a vine and branches, he is more than likely referring to grapevines and grapevine branches. Every time I read this scripture, I imagine a branch like a big, strong tree branch reaching out far from the trunk. It's a big, heavy branch that is covered in a really thick bark. And it has tons of little limbs and branches coming off of that. And this tree branch in my mind is also covered in leaves. Now, yes, I'm a girl from Texas and not the Middle East. But I didn't grow up on a farm or a ranch. I grew up in Pasadena, an industrial town a lot like here. The reason why I always imagine this branch that Jesus speaks of 
as a big, strong, thickly covered branch, tree branch is because that's how I see me. I've got to keep it all together. I've got to be strong and powerful. I've got to support all these little limbs and that nice, thick bark, well, that keeps me safe. You see, early on, I learned that if I meet other people's expectations, they tend to like me. And I put this to work in every relationship. My teachers, I did exactly what they wanted me to do, and I got an A. With my mother, I did exactly what she asked me to do, and she didn't yell at me so much. My bosses, I learned how to meet and exceed their expectations, and not only was I favored, but I was promoted and given raises. I learned how to be exactly who people wanted me to be, and I had lots of accolades. I actually used these accolades like leaves continuing to cover me, but also weighing me down, as I believed I was the main thing that would hold up every relationship around me. Family, friends, work, it was all reliant on me. The thing about being this tree branch, feeling like it was all on me, is that I actually wasn't connected to anything real, only temporary, whomever I thought I needed to please next. And actually, being this disconnected tree branch, though well covered but still very heavy, I felt less like I was a part of a big tree and more like I was lying on the ground, withering away, dying. Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. But you see, I didn't really know much about this Jesus. I grew up in an unchurched home, except for my grandmothers, who took me to church. We had a nominal faith, meaning we celebrated the right holidays for mostly the right reasons. But my idea of God was something more like a dirty old vending machine tucked away in the back part of the office that I only went to when I was desperately in need and would surely bang on when things weren't going my way. I I claimed a belief in this Jesus, but in fact, I didn't know much about him at all until I got to know a few branches. You see, I wasn't interested in learning more. I was perfectly happy with my vending machine God and our lack of relationship because I never thought that a relationship was possible or feasible. I could never meet those expectations. And yet through, of course now, I see God's intervention, these branches, those who were actually connected to Christ in a real way, were willing to reach out and be in relationship with me. They were willing to be honest and vulnerable and create spaces that I could be honest and vulnerable to and admit in many ways how I did not have it all together despite the fact that I believed it was all resting on me. John's gospel is heavy on relationships. It's one of the ways it stands out against the other 
three Gospels in our canon. It's, it's the Gospel where Jesus spends not one year, but closer to three years with his disciples. It's the Gospel where we have more than just a name, but backgrounds and information showing the depth of relationships that are present, both between Jesus and those who follow, and amongst those who follow Jesus as well. It's here in John's Gospel where we read Jesus say, you are my friends. Not just servants carrying out all of my orders, not just students called to memorize every single one of my words. No, we are friends. We are connected. We are in a real relationship. I care about you just as much as you care about me. Because that's the thing about Jesus. He's not some egotistical rock star who needs fans yelling and cheering. He doesn't crave us to fall on our knees and worship or even cast out demons in his name. No, he wants a relationship, a connection, one that is interdependent and very intimate. Furthermore, Jesus spends a lot of time in the words that we read today and those that will follow, pushing his disciples to be in relationship too with one another. Because you see, grapevine branches don't grow far off by themselves away from the trunk. No, they are thin and wiry and grow interweaved. They are in connection both with the vine, with the life source and the source of all love and goodness, but also intertwined with one another, even when it's messy, even when it's uncomfortable. And this reality about Christ's call for us to be in relationship, not just one-on-one with God, but with one another, that's what drew me into the church. I know how to read my Bible by myself. I could get through some solo prayers, and those things are important. But I believe it's more, most important that we are also in relationship with one another, even when we're uncomfortable even when we don't like what other people have to say, because in those relationships, we too grow. And I believe that's where we see God in brand new ways, ways we maybe never would have imagined. And let's face it, Jesus didn't send these people off by themselves to do their own thing. No, he came to build a church. (laughs) He came to build a community, one that is about real relationships, not rules and rituals, and never about getting it all right or holding it all together, but being in real relationship, both with Christ and with one another. And that is where God bears fruit, real fruit, fruit that is nutritious, fruit that gives life, fruit that will last. This chosen connection that I believe that God calls us to, both directly with the vine, but also with one another, it's also what called me to be a pastor. I love to preach the gospel. It's the message that I want to share the most. And I believe I have gifts and talents, skills, and even passions and interests that are important for forwarding this mission, this mission that is the only one I want to put my life behind. But friends, I am a pastor because of you because I am called to be in real relationship with real people, those that are connected to Christ and those who don't even know that Christ is searching for them yet. I'm called to be in relationship, to be intertwined, 
to get to know one another and to even find out things that we don't like and still be willing to be bonded by this Christ, this holy Christ, this life source of all that we are called to do. Some of my favorite lines in all of Scripture come up here in John 15. Verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. As if Jesus is saying, You did not choose me. You didn't finally figure it out. You aren't the one with the great idea recognizing my love and coming to me as an old vending machine waiting impatiently for you to finally get it right. No, I chose you. You see, I have been intervening and interceding, chasing and looking for you because I am madly in love with you. I choose you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how many limbs and leaves you think you're supposed to be holding up, I choose you. Even when you're down in the dirt, I come to the dirt with you. Christ puts on his own flesh of dust and clay to come and dwell with us right here on earth. And to dwell with us, not to tell us all the ways we're getting the wrong, but lead us to a life that is true and beautiful and free. And says, I don't care what tries to stop me. This is how much I choose you to dwell with you, to be amongst you, even when you refuse me, even when you deny and betray and yell crucify or hang me on a tree, I still choose you. Because even the worst sin, the worst shame, the worst guilt and the worst thing you can imagine will not stop me, not even death, because I will rise out of that grave and still continue my pursuit. That is how much I choose you. Friends, Jesus Christ, the vine, the source of all love, is planted by the vine grower, by God. It is God's plans, God's will, and God's goodness that will bear fruit. I don't know what that might be. I don't know what God has in store for us as we venture together, as we build connection and relationships, as we wonder more and more about what this truth might mean. But friends, I am excited to see what that fruit just might be. Let's pray. Holy and generous God, you are a God of goodness of wonder and love who chooses us over and over again. Even when we reject you, even when we run from you, even when we can't believe you could possibly want us, Lord, you pursue us. You intervene and intercede and you find us, oh God, and you save us. You save us from a life of sin a life of shame and guilt and chains that make us believe we are stuck. Oh no, Lord, you give us freedom. Freedom in your love, freedom in your truth, and freedom in your victory that is already at reign. Oh God, we pray for the courage and the power and the willingness to stay in connection to this truth and Lord, to branch out and be in relationship with one another too. It is in your holy name that we pray. Amen.